dog systems and the food that we put into them should be seamlessly working through. So the more ingredients, the more preservatives, the more whatever that gets put in, in most dog foods, that's why when they go to the loo, it's full of roughage. So when you feed a dog raw, it's literally just got meat, veg, that's it. We have a really emotional connection to our dogs and what we feed them twice a day is a close second. And I'm not saying they have to be fed raw. I'm saying that feeding dogs ultra-processed junk is a bad thing. Hey guys, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen with me, Georgia Simmons, host of the podcast. I am so excited about this episode as I am joined by the wonderful Toff to talk about her new and super cool business, Wild Pack, which is raw and unprocessed dog food. Toff is on a mission to stop consumers feeding their dogs ultra-processed food and instead feed them what they should be eating, which is raw meat and seasonal veg. On this podcast, as you know, we talk about all things food, health and wellness, but this week we are talking about dog nutrition instead. Now, before we get started with the episode, I would love to share a quick story about how I met Toff. So I was walking my dog, little Marley, in Battersea Park when I saw Toff handing out leaflets. She came over to Marley and I and shared her story and mission with Wild Pack. And I absolutely loved her story so much. I invited her to come on the podcast and share it with you all. So here we are. It was meant to be that I bumped into Toff in Battersea Park because now we get to hear her story with how she came to Wild Pack and how the journey started. So please enjoy the episode and as always have a lovely lovely rest of your day. Toph welcome to my kitchen thank you so much for coming. My darling thank you for having me it's such a treat. This is so exciting. (laughs) I know. So to start off with do you mind giving a quick elevator pitch who you are what you do. So my name's Toph well it's George Toffley but everyone's always called me Toph for forever and I'm best known for doing lots of television Um, and I own two businesses Um, one is a talent management agency we represent about 20-30 people um, and I'm really proud of what we've done over there but the way that we met when I costed you in the middle of Battersea Park while I was leafleting um, for the new business is a dog food business called Wild Pack and essentially we are the best food that you could ever feed your dog (laughs) I love it I love it I love it honestly it was so funny because I saw you in the park and I was like I feel like I've seen that Toph started a dog food brand. What was she doing walking around talking to all these dogs? And I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. And then I made a beeline for you. Yeah, I had little Marley with me and I I was like, oh Marley, this is your time to shine. This is your time to shine. And shine she did. Yes. And she's now on Wild Pack. And it's very exciting. exciting. She's loving it. I am so pleased. It's like, it's been years in the making. So, you know, that day that we met, that was the first time that I could actually go out and start shouting about the product because it's been like this dirty little secret because putting together logistics that you need to create a dog food company if you are doing it the way that I've done it which is doing everything properly and very well Mm. is pretty labor intensive um and I think if I 
I'm staying true to myself and entering the market as the premium best option that you can feed your dog. You can't then suddenly have really bad meat in there or non-seasonal vegetables or it can't arrive to the front door, not frozen. So like, it's been very intense. So that day when I met you was really pivotal because I could finally shout and scream about this amazing thing that I put together. Yeah, um, so yeah absolutely. It's really important. But the whole experience, we'll go into more detail later, but the whole experience, like when I received it is so premium like oh, even the Tupperware you. I've saved it I'm so pleased I put my like leftover quinoa in this <laughs> I love that that's exactly what Tupperware you meant to do because it's so beautiful mm. it's so nice but to kick things off we have a quick fire round about all things food this is human food okay, we'll go it. on to dog food in a my favourite topic darling yeah, go love it. so sweet or savoury savoury pizza or pasta pasta what's your go to cuisine Oh, British. I'm so quintessentially British. Oh, I love that. Love a pie, love a roast, love filling love, dish. Love. Cook in or eat out? Oh, eat out. Can't cook for toffee. Yeah, <laughs> can't cook anything. Can't even do an egg. <laughs> what was your favourite delivery? Oh, probably like a bog standard pret. Oh, yeah. Consistent and always delivers. Like, it's yeah. what it is. Love nailing Asani when on the move. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Get it, get it. Oh. Convenience. I love it. Right, let's start at the beginning of the Wild Pack journey. Yep. When was the moment that you were like, I need to start a dog food brand because I'm not finding anything on the market that suits my needs? Gosh, yeah, brilliant question. So I got Mont um, basically like the first day of lockdown in, in 2020. I randomly thought I wanted to get a dog completely unrelated to the pandemic and ended up with this little like ginger spaniel with me knocking around. And as the weeks went by, he was just looking more and more sick and unwell and I thought this, there's like something going on, like all of his hair was falling out when he went to the loo. Sorry, I probably will talk about oh my, shit a hell of a lot. That's so great. Podcast. We love it. No one talks about it enough. It's so true though, like picking up dog poo is a really big job that you have to do as a dog owner. Yeah, and also it properly communicates what's going on inside, inside. the dog. Totally. talk to you. <laughs> that was it. So yeah, the, the, the poo situation was savage and when I would give him all of these lovely little puppy cuddles he'd be on top of me and all I could hear was like gurgling tummy constantly and the savage itching all he would do is itch all over his body and I was tearing my hair out so I kept calling the vet at the time it's mobile vets everyone was coming out they were like oh yeah you need to feed him this type of kibble it's prescription it's from the vet I was like brilliant I'll do it and the problem just got worse and worse and I remember at the time, I mean, I obviously am so incredibly Z-list, so please take this with a pinch of salt, but this is true. There was this photographer that would take pictures of me and Mont walking every day because they obviously had nothing else to do. <laughs> really <remember>. desperado. <laughs> um, but I looked at the pictures when they went on the like silly mail online, and I was like, I cannot carry on walking around with that dog. He looks really unwell. It looked like I was abusing Mont. I was like, what can I do about this? So I called a couple of friends of mine, and a dog walker friend of mine, he said, just trust me on this, Tov. Go to your butcher's, order in some meat, whatever vegetables you're having, mash, mash it all together and give it to Mont for a few weeks. And I was thinking in my head, like, I cannot cook, so this is not really an ideal situation. But I was so desperate, I did it. And I had nothing else to do because we all sat at home. And as the weeks went by, like, after about 10 days, two weeks, I was looking at Monty, I was thinking, well, the tummy stopped gurgling, the poos are not just solid, they're incredibly small, mm. the coat stopped itching, and the bald patches are growing back. I was like, we're definitely on something here. So I just carried on. And at this point, I was putting in a little bit of kibble, because that's what I've been told by the vets. Yeah. So I didn't want to stop feeding him what I've been advised to do by the professionals. Slowly, I'm thinking, I'm just going to wean him off. And everything just clicked. I was like, this is actually insane. We have been conditioned 
to think that these tiny little biscuits are actually whole foods. So you buy a, a, a packet of kibble and it says it's chicken and veg. I mean, we are reasonable, intelligent enough to know that when you look at those brown biscuits, they are not chicken and vegetables. They might have been in a past life before they've been processed 400 times over. So I then became obsessed with dog nutrition. And frankly, like the reason why the business came up is because I'm a bit of a lazy girl that wants the best of everything. I don't have time, nor do I want to be going to the butchers to buy all the beautiful like off bits of the meat, like the offal and the organs, which is so good for dogs that sometimes just get put in the bin actually and blending it up with all the fruit and the veg and everything good that they need. So I wanted to create a totally complete offering. And I looked at the market and whilst there are some brilliant raw dog food options, I don't really like like the branding. And I know that sounds quite like, it's just the way that I am. I want to open yeah. my fridge and I want it to look beautiful. 100%. So I thought there was a gap. So that was three and a half years ago. So here we are, three and a half years later. It's taken me that long to get over. Oh my God. I mean, it is so true though. And also about the branding, like it's so important. Like yeah. we do pick with brands. I know. Like, you know, we go into the supermarket, there's loads of yogurts. I know. We're going to pick the brand you like. Like branding does matter. It's huge. It is huge. And dog nutrition, like these are like our best friends. These mm. are our like companions. You know, they are a massive part of our lives and yet we do feed them. We don't really know what we're feeding no, them. It's totally. a bit unknown. So you were like, okay, I'm going to do this. Then then what? Because... Oh my God. I, yeah, because I'd be like, okay. I mean, I've started a few businesses and parked them because, you know, it doesn't really always work. That. Yeah, it doesn't always work first the time. bravest decision yeah. to make a call on a, di- on a business because you're. I can tell you're like me, you put everything into it. You do, it's you do. Brave. And you're like, this is the best thing. And then you're like, actually, yeah. maybe it's not. I'm going to pivot and go again. Yeah, exactly. But with human food... You know, you can kind of try it, you can get your friends to try it, you can get kind of feedback. With dog food, it's like a whole new world. So totally. where did you begin with starting the process? Oh my God, because I was so particular. There were so many avenues that were just closed off. Um, firstly, everything that I sell is 100% British, which is really important to me. I love I love the, the vocation of farming. I always have done and celebrating all things countryside. So supporting British farmers like was super important. So that scratched off like 95% of... Yeah. the dog food options um so that was my big one the big driving force the second one was like actually knowing where the meats come from because a lot of dog food that's sold and rightly or wrongly it is coming from let's say eastern europe or wherever and there is no sourcing whatsoever you don't know where the cows were or where the mm. chickens have lived so that was really important so traceability and then marrying up everything has been my my hardest challenge. So once I found a brilliant meat manufacturer that had been doing it for 25 years, that had complete open tra- um, transparency, that was a big tick box. But getting it from, getting the meat turned into actual dog food with local seasonal vegetables. So when I put all of that together, I was like, God, now I need to turn to packaging. And I know that in this day and age and where we are, sustainability is really important. And the business that... I've put together, I will never be ashamed that I am entering the market as, you know, first and foremost, we sell meat. Like, Mm. it's actually quite scary and quite jarring for some people. And I think that the way that I want to sort of portray my reasoning behind that is because that's what dogs have to eat. Mm. They always have done, like, they're carnivores. And, you know, some people say that dogs can be vegans. That's okay, but I disagree with that yeah I, so, I do I mean yeah. I am plant-based but I would never turn my dog plant-based no, I don't think it's they haven't got a voice either totally. I feel like it's got to come from the person who's eating the food yeah totally so once I got all of that together I started to look at packaging and I went down all these routes so I spent seven months testing a biodegradable packaging option which I hung like 
you would know this as a business owner, I hung every hope of it working. And I did about 400 different orders and 300 of those leaked. So I then had to make a decision as a business owner. What do I do? Do I have the leaky but biodegradable option? Or do I have the 100% recyclable option that I hope one day will be a biodegradable option? But sadly, the science isn't there yet. Mm. And when you've got food as fresh as wild pack in your fridge, you can't have it leaking. It'd be like having mincemeat leaking all over your fridge. You just can't have it. So... Finally, I found my beautiful tubs and then I went down the road of, oh my God, like my branding obsession was almost the death of me because we are the first um, raw dog food company to have these beautiful colored options. Because I want to look in my fridge where I've got this beautiful stackable wild pack, but it's, it's look pretty, right? They look gorgeous. Thank you. But that nearly was, um, it was, it was marrying up having six recipe options with six different styles of tops. It was just insane. Yeah. But I finally got there. Um, and that all happened about a year ago. And then I could actually press go on the business. And that's when I started on the branding journey. And then that's sort of where it's led me to launch. Amazing. Like, all of this is a huge challenge. And then you huge. press go. And I remember when I pressed go on Greedy Vegan, I was, like, waiting at my laptop ready with the orders <laughs> oh to God. fly in. And then I was like, where are the orders? Hello. <laughs> Guys, it's, it's, it's live. It's on the, it's on the, on the line. That's exactly what happened. And it just doesn't happen. You then got to go out and properly sell it, which is, which is crazy. Oh, I love so, this. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely mental. But also, talking about the biodegradable stuff mm. is really interesting because you know, as consumers, we can be really fussy and be like, oh no, we want it all sustainable, all mm. biodegradable. But actually, if we got a biodegradable product that mm. ended up leaking, it would go in the bin, totally. which is then waste. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's like weighing up, they're like, well, actually, this is not right to be biodegradable because like yeah. the product's not fit for that. Totally. So I think with what you've got, I'm reusing all the tubs. That's amazing. So Otherwise, pleased. biodegradable, you some people don't even recycle properly, so it probably wouldn't even be... Totally great. Right. So now it's out there. Now it's there. How has it been kind of promoting it? And what's the feedback been like? And how's that journey gone? Yeah, it's been a journey. So like you, I mean, I love that you brought that up. It was a Tuesday night when I launched the business. Everything went live. And then I got no orders. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Like, you know, when you put your life soul into something and I woke up the next morning, I thought that would have been a mad rush. Yeah. (laughs) Called everyone I know, had a cry. And they were like, no, you literally launched your business last night. You need to chill out. You need to chill. And what's super interesting, like this business is why I'm obsessed with it is because it's so important. Like we have a really emotional connection to our dogs and what we feed them twice a day is a close second. Mm. So like making a switch is sort of how I'd imagine I do have children, but if you've got a baby and you love what you feed them, I've got to really hammer home to everyone who follows me, everyone who sees any bit of wildcat marketing. It's like a perception change. It's a huge thing. It's like mm. unlearning everything that they've been taught. So it's been a lot slower. Thankfully, the orders have picked up. So amazing. I mean, but that night, oh my God, I, was, I don't know why I thought I'd be like bogged down with loads of orders. Oh my God, no, 100%. I was saying, I remember telling my mum, I was like, mum, um, on this day, <laughs> you see. Yeah, it was the 3rd of September, I remember it vividly. I was like, yeah, mum, you need to come up to London because I'm from Somerset originally. I was like, T- you know, come up to London, we're going to have to pack all the boxes. Like, it's going to be carnage and I can't wait. Oh my God, I was literally, I was like, oh mum, 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 a false alarm, don't, don't bother coming so- up. <laughs> and even my mum's been taking the mick out of me. She's like, rush yeah. off your feet. But yeah. I think it's such a beautiful thing as 
like those are the lessons that you learn you've got to be ready for that rush right and it might have happened but conversely you've got to think fast and I think what the most wonderful learning that I've had is that there is a distinct gear change between the phase that I was in the night before launch Mm. which was very much have we even got a product have we got DPD logistically delivering our frozen food like all of that shift quickly into second gear which is marketing that's all that's all that it is you shift from saying have I got a beautiful business that runs into how do we shift this product how do we get the brand out there how do we get people knowing our name and that for me is the biggest lesson I mean some other lessons that I learned that I wish someone had told me before pre-launch for a business is so important Mm. now I've sat here and told you that I've been working well pet for three and a half years my customers don't know that yeah they know that it was my big secret. I was so scared that even the press would find out about it. How foolish I was. I know. Like, why? Why wasn't I filming every second of the day? Why didn't... I've had wildpack.com for 18 months. Yes. Why wasn't I collecting data? Why wasn't I collecting emails? So to anyone who's listening who's thinking about business, pre-launch is 100% the most powerful thing you could do. Yeah. And don't keep everything a secret. Bring those customers on the journey with you. I wish that every single Wildpack customer or prospective customer... Had have told me that they wanted beef, chicken, turkey, lamb, the puppy mm. recipe that we've got. Like, what if they'd have actually wanted venison and duck to be venison and turkey? Yeah. Like, taking someone on that journey with you is a beautiful thing. And actually, as a founder, who's still pretty young, to have that support of the people that you want mm. to be buying your product is a really cool thing. Definitely, so that's definitely. That's my biggest regret. And I think sometimes you think, I can't say anything because someone might take my idea and I'm on to something here. I mean, you know how hard it's been to do it. And not, no one's going to, you know, why has it not come out before? And it's totally. because it is difficult. It is a challenge. And, it, you know, not everyone's going to decide to do that because it is quite tough. I so agree. And I know how tough it is. It's so true. Mm. And someone, one of my favorite people who I'm very close to, always says to me, the most brilliant thing you can do as a business is promote your sector. Mm. Because if you do that, one day you might be the top of that sector and all you're doing is bringing more customers. So to put it into context, you know, me championing the wonderful benefits of feeding your dog raw dog food, whilst they might go and buy it from one of my competitors, if we're doing what we should be doing and we're leading the charge on that, one day we might be the the leader. Yeah, so So, true. And you don't know how many people they're going to tell. And I think sometimes you can get so wrapped up in, you know, we want people to buy Wild Pack. No, I want dogs to live forever and I want them to be eating raw dog food yes like yeah it'd be great if wild pack takes off and you know 10 percent of the uk's dogs are fed by wild pack that is a dream of mine but in the meantime why don't we just get dogs eating what they should be mm. um which i think is really interesting but you learn all of this yeah hindsight is a wonderful thing wonderful yeah completely so why is raw so good i mean we've sat here saying how it's been like talk about the journey but like why raw yeah why is it so good like obviously you've heard monty's story but like why have we been conditioned to feed our dogs kibble? That I can't answer. I mean, that I'm not even going to touch. Yeah. Well, I will touch it. I sort of got a really shitty email the other day and I thought, yes, you're doing something right. I got a very long email from a vet saying that some of the language I was using was wrong and provocative because I, I, I am not ashamed to say that I think the veterinary sector has been guiding dog owners to be feeding their dogs the wrong food. I don't know why they've done that. Like, I don't... I'm not that, I don't know. Mm. But I think people, and I'm not saying they have to be fed raw. I'm saying that feeding dogs ultra-processed junk is a bad thing. They don't have to be feeding raw. Like, go cook cook the chicken. Yeah. Give them some chicken and vegetables, but what we shouldn't be giving them is is a, a, a... 
it's not food. No. It's not even McDonald's. It's like way worse than that, what kibble is. Yeah. Um, so that's how I feel about the, the sort of industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I'm not scared to say that. Um, as I said, I, got, I get a bit of backlash, but I don't care. I think it's important. Oh, God. It's, when you're it onto, shows you're onto something. Yeah, when you're onto this. Feedback is good feedback, regardless. So when it comes to raw, it's my personal belief, and lots of other people share this with me, that dogs traditionally were eating this way. They would never eat things that were cooked. And I don't trust... Some dog food brands out there say that they lightly cook the food and that's all good. But when you've got nutritionally low food to start with and then you're incinerating it, it's like the goodness really is taken away. So the benefits for me when it comes to raw is that A, it's what they should be eating and what they traditionally did forever. Dog systems and the food that we put into them should be seamlessly working through. So the more ingredients, the more preservatives, the more whatever that gets put in in most dog foods that's why when they go to the loo it's full of roughage so when you feed a dog raw it's literally just got meat veg that's it Mm. completely uncooked no oils nothing when it goes through them the reason why their poos are so small and like perfect it's really weird to refer to a dog food as dog poo as perfect but Mm. that's what the dogs are when they're being fed correctly is a direct it comes directly from the fact that there's no crap in it. Yeah. And it's really simple when you put it like that. And I think as humans, like, we know that food is medicine. It's a fact. And I know that feeding dogs through this method is the medicinal way when it comes to pups. Yeah. So raw is a wider definition for it being completely untouched. Whole foods. That's all that it is in my mind. And also, I love the fact that you use seasonal veg because, for example, me being plant based, I get use odd box. Yeah, love. I I love, love, love because then I always know I'm eating seasonally. I love cooking, and I'm not lacking in anything because I eat so seasonally. And I think that's because it's so full of the nutrients. Because the soil is right. Yeah, and everything's so great. Whereas if I was to go get some strawberries now. I mean, they probably wouldn't taste as nice and they no. probably wouldn't have the nutrients in them. So Whereas I'm now eating, I don't know what's in these plums. I'm getting so many plums through the door. I'm like, brilliant, love, love it. it. I have, I've got plums in the fridge. Yeah, and it's like great. But like, it's because they're so rich in all the, yeah. all the nutrients. So that's so great for the dogs because that it's so highly nutrient dense. Yeah. Which is so good. And it's so great. Also, with Marley, when I got her on Well Pack, mm. I was so I was looking after Marley for a couple of months, and I was yeah. like, "This is a great little test. Yeah, Let's see how this goes." Please. And she was going to the loo, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh my god, is she okay? Like, yeah. this poo's really small. <laughs> is she constipated?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, bless her!" And then I kept obviously weaning her off, weaning her yeah. off, and I was like, well, "Let's just trust the process." Yeah. And I was like, "Actually, this is what's right. Like, totally. this is what she she's needs. used it all as energy. Yeah, her body's processed it, used it, and then." The excrement is like literally the wastage, which is what poo should be. Yeah. Not full of sh- shit that your body hasn't been able to process. Amazing. Yeah. And they don't really smell, right? No, it's they amazing. don't. They really don't. And I, I would like, say that. I'm like, it's a joy picking up my dog's dog poo. Yeah. I mean, Marley's super small, so her yeah. dog poo isn't exactly Anytime. scary to pick up. But I was like, this is still, now it's really, really small. It's like rabbit dropping. I'm I was like, amazing. so pleased to hear it. And just to go back to your point, I'm really pleased that you brought up the seasonal greens thing. It was, this is like a classic business thing, but I fought a battle on that because there was this, when you're dealing with food, there's lots of hoops you have to jump through Mm. to get it over the line. But I really wanted to show to my customer base, like how I've thought of everything. It's not just greens, it's beautiful, local, seasonal ones. And like to be able to put that on the packaging, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. So I'm really proud that you picked up on it. Because a lot of stuff that you fixate on when you're building a brand sometimes gets lost in the launch. 
I am so excited to share that I have my first sponsor on Catch-Ups in My Kitchen, which is Parlor. I wanted my sponsors to be brands and products that I feel strongly about and also use and love myself. And Parlor couldn't be a better brand to collaborate with. After having co-founder Dr. Simon Chard on the podcast, I am still blown away by the fact that every tube of toothpaste you have ever used still exists somewhere on the planet, with over 20 billion going into landfill and the ocean each year. Parlor Oral Care is a sustainable solution to all your oral wellness needs, whether it be the high-gloss whitening toothpaste tablets, chewable mouthwash with oral probiotics, or one of the best bamboo brushes on the market. They are designed by dentists to be good for you and the planet. Parlor are truly redefining oral care for the next generation, and I'm so proud and pleased to have them on board with Catch-Ups in My Kitchen. There is an affiliate link in the show notes, so please make sure to check it out, click on the link, and buy your first lot of Parlor products, because we all want to do our bit, and toothpaste is a huge one that doesn't get enough airtime. So check them out, and you will never go back once you start using Parlor. Let's get back to the episode. And all those weeks of me fighting this battle about seasonal greens, it's yeah. really nice to hear that someone's actually noticed. No, but it's so good. So, ha- so I'm guessing the recipes then change, obviously. Seasonally. Yeah, but that's why it's really difficult to put seasonal greens on the front because we have to stay within the... They have to be seasonal greens. Yeah. You can't just put something on the packet. No. So for me to make sure that the back end is all above board, to be able to put that was a real thing. So I'm really glad that you've noticed. Yeah, no, God. It's, it's so... the small things that build a good brand, actually. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But how did you test all the recipes? Because obviously we mentioned like dogs can't talk and you can't eat it yourself. So, I mean, you probably actually could eat. Well, yeah, I could. Yeah, I could. But it would be a bit weird. But a bit weird, but you could. Yeah. Um, so how have you gone about the testing process? So that's been going on for a really long time and we did it professionally. So we had an in-house dog nutritionist. Um, who built up all the recipes and then we just had thousands of dogs testing Amazing. so there's nothing you can really do like you you just t- try test change if a dog doesn't like it they can't speak but they won't eat it right so and there's also a fine line between because I was so staunch on making sure that ours was so full of goodness there's a line because you can put too much goodness in it's like us like if we're eating an insane amount of fruit and veg it can make it can upset your tummy, actually. Yeah. So the line, finding the line was really good. But I also had lots of people advising who have built up other businesses who are really big in the raw sector. So I've had a lot of help. Fine. It hasn't just been the Montdogger's chief taste tester. I love it, though. Yeah. It is, you know, we do focus so much on our own nutrition. Like, we're watching videos, we're watching documentaries. Yeah, right. But then we just don't really, it doesn't transcend to the dogs, mm-hmm. which is actually so, so crazy. And actually, thinking back to Marley as well, we took Marley, oh, this is a bit extra, but we took Marley away on holiday with us this year. Darling, I do that all the time. It was amazing. It was <laughs> great. And actually, I say it was great. I think she actually hated it. I think it was way too hot for her. Too hot. Besides the point, she wasn't really eating much, wasn't really drinking much. And again, she looked terrible mm. I was like mum we can't take her out and about she literally looks like we abuse her like you mm. mentioned yeah and you're like oh god yeah it's, it's yeah. not good but like that's their way of kind of communicating mm-hmm. that something's not right mm. so what if if you know we've got some dog owners listening for yeah. example and they're thinking about their dogs 
what signs should they be looking at on their dog which would indicate that they might need to change up their dog food? Okay, right, number one, my dog literally jumps up and down, goes round in circles, gets that excited for every single time I give him a meal. So I'm talking about the emotional side of dogs. Like, I am so dog-obsessed. I want my dog to be as happy as possible and they do get in little grumps or moods and like the way that they get excited for their food is a really big big indicator of whether emotionally they actually like their food mm. like that's just the number one so coming down to the physical symptoms or whether they need to change it farting it is not normal for dogs to fart i haven't smelled monty do a fart in years God, so it's not it's not normal like that is the number one signal that there's something wrong digestively their coat should be shiny and beautiful Mm. their teeth they shouldn't have bad breath shouldn't be like my my friend's auntie like brushes her dog's teeth every day yeah like, f- you don't need to do that you're just feeding them bad food that's making their teeth rot it's like not that hard and then the fourth and like the most biggest one is what their poo looks like you shouldn't be offended by your dog's poo that's it any of those look at changing up so interesting though because i mean i know my obviously we've changed dog food now but like she's done all of those things bless her all of her teeth have had to be removed what yeah because she's had such bad tooth decay and it's awful and the vet was like oh this is normal for dogs yeah not normal that's not normal that's not normal it's that's not so it's true not and, and then you're like my do- i'm like my dog doesn't have bad breath never has done yeah and like, you're thinking okay the vet's telling me that is normal so it must be good it must be normal and i don't want to demonize, demonize vets so i do think like that's so important yeah but at the same time like maybe just advising to eat normal non-ultra processed food would be great yeah that's all it's crazy yeah and what about variety with dog food because obviously thought of me eating the same thing every day unbearable unbearable yeah i I love my food and i I get excited for the variety obviously so like is it good to change up your dog's kind of food of course like only for them because of their interest right you've hit the nail on the head it'd be awful to eat the same thing every day and not be able to say Give me a bit of difference. Yeah. And um, this is why I wanted to launch. I mean, most dog food companies only launch with like one or two recipes, but I went to market with six because I was like, I know my dog. Mm-hmm. I know that Mon likes to eat such variety. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's really important. And because all of Wild Pack is, is complete, we call it complete dog food. It's got everything in it that they would need. You could just feed them one recipe for forever. But, mm. you know, I've got such big ambitions. I want to have, like, Christmas recipes, like yes. Easter lamb stuff. I mean, we've got lamb already. But there is, there's so much fun to be had whilst also having fun with the dogs. Completely. Like, and your relationship. We even, like, even the way that we teach our dogs how to behave themselves. We do that through treats, through food. Yeah. So, like, that relationship with a dog and an owner I think is really beautiful to have that variety through food because that's sort of like another way that we can show them that we love them yeah um, so, true. so I've got really big ambitions for the business to broaden our offering that's so exciting yeah. and like we invest a lot of money into our dogs so why yeah. am I investing it into their food like it might actually I know think about it, it makes no sense I know it is crazy and how mm. did you work out obviously every dog is different different breeds different sizes different needs like Marley will be different to Monty like Mm. how have you had to work that out because I know on the wild pack website I had to go through a little quiz and like I was thinking oh what you know what is this indicating what's this telling wild pack team so how did you work out all of the ins and outs of the different breeds yeah so that was important to me because I 
really want to make sure that as a business we know who we're marketing to. Mm. Like, I want to know whether we've got a huge contingency of Labradors in, like, the Southwest, or whether whether we've got loads of tiny dogs in London, which is what is showing. Um, So that information, gathering exercises, so that moving forward I can make sure that I'm sending the business in the right direction. And when it comes to the other bits that we ask you for, so a guide on breed, dog weight is so important because when you feed this way you should be feeding your dog two to three percent a day of their body weight of the food so that's why we really want to know because we can then steer on what size and how much you should be giving your dog every day so that's it in really basic terms but like as much information I want this business to be leading the charge on dog's health. So, like, the more we know about who we're trying to make better, yeah. the more useful it is for us. Yeah, but it's been super interesting, the info, as suspected. London's really concentrated with, like, small to medium-sized dogs. And then you get outside of Greater London and they get a bit bigger, mm. um, which is really exciting with stuff that I want to do with getting out there and speaking to people and doing activations. Yes, um, definitely. And dog treats. So, you know, we mentioned that, obviously, kibble is odd and it's like how's this chicken and veg and it's like a biscuit and it Tiddy. looks very foreign to that mm-hmm. some dog treats as well like the ingredients list are as long as my arm yeah and like you sometimes you go to a restaurant and you've got your dog with you and they're like oh can we give it a dog treat and the dog treat comes over and i'm like it's literally multicolored. i'm like what is that <laughs> yeah. so i mean are you gonna go into treats like what's if someone's looking for ultra processed uh, non-ultra processed dog treats right now where would they go? What's good? What's not? What's the situation with dog treats? Joyous to talk about. So I'm knee deep in treat development at the moment. It's amazing. been amazing. But sticking to my brand ethos that we're a health food for dogs has been quite challenging. So where my head's at at the moment, the way that we do get it over the line is that we just have single ingredient. So I'm really hoping that before Christmas, I'll be able to have like a really good, strong sample pack together that I can start testing with the wild pack. But every avenue I go down, there seem to be preservatives. And I want to be able to stand there and do like a really cool ad and read out someone else's, you know, 100 strong ingredient list and be like, this is our chicken treat. It's 100% chicken. So it would be like chicken jerky or beef jerky. That's where we're going at the moment. Um, Why I'm most excited about going into treats is because, you know, I'm a realist and I'm bloody honest. Wild Pack and our brilliant raw dog food offering, there are barriers to it. Like, you need freezer space. You need to be at home to take the delivery. It's it's not cheap, cheap. So those are the barriers for our main line treats i'm getting rid of those barriers i want the whole of the uk to be able to buy these treats i want them to be the right price and of course you can just grab and go they don't need to be in the freezer Mm. so that's why i'm super excited to go into that next yeah and i think like looking at what we've got at the moment we need those treats so i'm working on it but it's also been really lovely for me i posted a video last week where our community were able to tell us what their dog loves because i can then move forward knowing what the world pack loves definitely so nice now i actually got given this thing for marley and it was like an energy bar for dogs so it was like a treat on the or it was kind of like food on the go love it it was in the shape of like a breakfast bar type thing fun but i didn't give it to her as a dog i kind of like snapped it and used it as a treat i like that yeah and i thought this is quite quite good. interesting. Yeah, I like the format. Yeah, like me in too. The bar and that like you kind of like you have your you know you put your energy bar in your bag. Yeah, one for me, dog. one for the pup. Exactly. So I thought like that, that was really cool. Mm. Um, so we are now gonna talk about any hiccups that has happened. I mean, you mentioned the freezer and the freezer space. Mm-hmm. I actually, got a story on that. So when mm. my wild pack arrived, 
I was like, oh my God, my freezer's full. So I had a full freezer clear out and it was actually the best thing so ever. Close. I was like, right, English the frozen peas. Frozen peas, gone. gone. The gyoza's gone. gone. <laughs> that was all well packed. But so I think that actually frozen is so much better. Mm. But what, I mean, has that been a challenge and what are the hiccups? have gone along the way of course i've had loads of messages from people saying i live in central london i haven't got enough freezer space like yes that's a big one oh my god like the first week of sales i mean we had two orders and two orders went to the wrong place you know really like everything of course but i really make sure that that everyone who works on it from beginning to end there are always going to be these hiccups and like Mm. i love challenges because i think that's when you make sure that like they never happen again yes so we've had quite a lot of that. Um, I think the biggest challenge that I had was like <laughs> managing my own expectations because I'm pretty lucky. I've got a platform. People know me. Mm. I can get press. I can get media. But that's so different to actually getting people to make a sale. Yeah. And and that's a really important thing to understand. And, you know, getting people on board to my way of thinking is very different to me. You know, I remember I said to my assistant, she works in my house for me every day, we're super close. I turned around to her and I I looked at her and I was like, how can I get 4,000 likes on a post about Wildpack and not get one order? Right. And then she's like, but getting likes on a piece of content is not saying to people that Wildpack will nourish their dog and it's the best option. Like you need to have that perception shift. Do yeah. you get that order? And I guess you've been working on this for three years, so you're completely obsessed and you know no. everything. Why doesn't everyone know that? Yeah. You have to tell them that. Definitely. That kind of goes back to like the pre-launch idea. It's yeah. like if I was doing that earlier on and like kind of oh. preaching about it, then, but at the time you're also learning. So like, yes, you can't like beat yourself up about it because you're like, actually I now know so much more and totally. I can preach. Whereas maybe then I couldn't because I Nothing. wasn't as aware. But it's so true and it's like the conversion. I think the, the, the statistic is like mm-hmm. you have to see something 11 times or 7 yeah. times. And I'm like, oh my God. It's true, just... you can keep hammering. And I yeah. think some founders, like I would be guilty of this. I'm incredibly impatient. I want everything and I want it now. Yeah. But like if you are strong on what you're doing, which I very much am, I'm on a crusade to stop ultra-processed junk food being fed to dogs. I can't, if I come back and see you, let's say in six months, I've got to be accountable to that. I've mm. got to do this for the next six months. I've got to do this for the next six years. Yeah. I've got to be clear on my mission and keep executing that. Because once you do that, people will come on the yeah. adventure with you. But if I start going, oh, well, actually, I think we need to revolutionize the method of feeding. That's not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you start deviating off that, then you're going like hundred percent. So those have been like the big challenges, and I, I'm really grateful that they've come up so early because I think I've had to shift my mindset and like, yeah. I think another challenge that I've had is how do I put this? No one knows your business like you. Mm-hmm. And I was in a fortunate position that I had enough money to trust agencies and outsource some of the things. That in my mind is lazy. Mm. And I've really taken that back, that control now. Yeah. So I think I've built this brand. People want to hear from me. They want to see Monty. They want to know why I've done this, how I'm going to execute it. And having the buffer of a big agency in between me and my customer, I think was really foolish and expensive. Mm. So whilst I've created a hell of a lot more work for me already since I made that call three weeks ago 
our orders have gone like that yeah it's just authenticity that. isn't it I think it's I remember with greedy vegan I keep referring back to it but yeah, love it. I was like when I launched it I was like yeah it's like I'm on the same kind of position as HelloFresh I was like is it me or HelloFresh what am I on about like I'm a baby I'm like one month old two months old yeah. HelloFresh is like I don't know how old now yeah and it's like let's kind of like remember people want to know the journey people mm-hmm. want to they do I, I need to introduce it to the world like when you just have a legit like, a newborn baby it's like this is a baby this and like you've got to build it from there like the you can't building. jump the you steps. need to do that yeah and you need to do yep. that and like people then you know you're so passionate about it Hugely. and people will then fall in love with that mm-hmm. and you're like you came to terms with raw because of your journey and like yep. communicating that people are like oh my god i've had this i've totally. had that like and then they'll jump on board and jump on the bandwagon. And I think it is, yeah, so true. And also being so clear, like you said, on the mission and where you're going. Yeah. And like, that's it. It's very simple. That's strategy. If you're not clear, your cons- consumer's not going to be clear. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's so true. It's easy. I'm a bit of a people pleaser. And I think it's really easy to be like, actually, yeah, maybe I can do this. Oh, yeah, we can Same. do that. And actually, people are a bit like, so wait, what are you doing? Yeah. So I think when you're really, really clear, it makes it a lot easier. And like, patience is key. And I'm the same. It's like, oh. I want it all. Yeah, and you want yeah. it now. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> now, why, now, are you, now. why are you not obsessed? Like, it's obvious. Like, look at the Tupperware. Like, it's pink and yellow. Like, come on. <laughs> Hurry <laughs> on. It's so but, true. Anyway, it's a journey. It's so exciting. It's such an exciting journey. Yeah. So, our last question is back to human food. Yes. And it's, what would your last meal be? <gasps> start a main course dessert. Okay, right. To start, I would have... <laughs> my boyfriend cooked for me once okay nice and it was so delicious he made like he made these scallops with with like pea puree on them and he doesn't cook ever and like they were so delicious with bacon so I'd have that oh my god I was so shocked I was like where did this come from but you know when it sticks in your mind so I'd have that yeah and then I would have I would have there's this chicken from this pub up in Scotland and it's really not that fancy but it's so good I would have that and then for pudding I would have mini moons oh lovely I love them so much yeah love it top thank you so much for coming on and sharing the journey I think it's so interesting like we don't talk about dog food enough Mm. and they can't talk about it themselves so you're another voice of all these dogs who are like praising you and saying so thank sweet. you for coming into our world and now we've got better food and we feel so much happier so oh my god it's so exciting and Marley's a lot happier so oh darling that's you. made my day thank you for having me I've loved it thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode I thought it was so interesting to talk about dog nutrition because we love our dogs so much they're our bestest friends so with that we should actually be feeding our dogs what they want and the best thing for them so I thought it was such a fascinating podcast I personally learned so so much please could you do me a favor please could you like share or subscribe to this podcast if you haven't subscribed please press follow. If you have, please share this episode with friends or family. Spread the word. We are trying to get more eyes, more people to see catch-ups in my kitchen. I'm on a mission to bring you some really exciting guests, but with that, I need the support from you. So it will take less than 30 seconds. All the support is so, so appreciated. Thank you so much in advance, and I'll see you again next week.